Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A group called the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. And on the line with us right now from Washington is Haley Halverson, who is the Vice President for Advocacy and Outreach. Haley, begin by by telling us about this development in, in Walmart. Absolutely. So we have been working with Walmart behind the scenes for the past few months towards this policy. And we're so thankful and want to publicly thank Walmart for this change where they're moving all cosmopolitan magazines out of the checkout aisles. They'll still be selling them, but they'll just be in the magazine racks near the back of the store so that someone has to intentionally seek a cosmopolitan magazine out instead of having to be bombarded with that hypersexualized and often degrading messages that Cosmo promotes when they're just trying to check out with the grocery aisle. Um, I was reading a quote from one of the, a, a quote from you from one of the national publications, and it said, you think this is an important issue because they target young girls with bubblegum pink covers and Disney stars that are on it. Wow, mm-hmm. that, that's tough words there, Haley. <laughs> well, Cosmo's being tough on our on young kids these days. You know, we've heard, of course, from parents, thousands of parents over the years that are upset with having to see Cosmo as often at the eye level of ch- children while checking out from stores. But we've also heard from dozens and dozens of young teenagers young teen girls and even young teen boys who say that they feel like they're being suffocated by just floods of hypersexualized media that's constantly targeting them and Cosmopolitan being one of the main offenders. So if Cosmo is going to be promoting uh, very adult material, then maybe they shouldn't be promoting it towards children. You know, um, one, one of the sidebars of this story is that it lets us know about your group. And I, I have to tell you, I, I didn't even know that you existed. And I, I almost want to apologize for that <laughs> because it's a great, great website. It, it seems like you are doing so much work. Can, can you tell us about some of the projects and some of the history of your group? Thank you. Yeah. So we were founded in 1962, but we've really evolved even just over the past 10 years. Uh, The main thesis of our organization is to expose the connections between all forms of sexual exploitation. So recognizing that things like sexual objectification, which are in Cosmo magazine, aren't in isolation from a culture that accepts sexual violence against women or child sexual abuse or even sex trafficking. That all of these things actually overlap and reinforce one another to varying degrees, of course. And then we work um, to educate, but also to lead other organizations in the movement. And then also to hold private companies responsible as well. You know, corporate are really at the helm of shaping what our culture is normalizing or accepting. And so we think that if we can change the messages that the corporations are sending out, it can have a big impact. Now, now, Haley, you know, I, I would imagine that your uh, group, your work became more popular with the Me Too movement. But have mm-hmm. you, do you also get criticized as being like a bunch of prudes? 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. We some we get criticized on about every single angle you could imagine. We are a nonpartisan and non and uh, non religious group, but we've been called puritanical religious right. We've been called uh, social justice warrior feminist left. So uh, you know, if if we're getting attacked by both sides, that means we're doing our job, which is just to speak the truth about when something is sexually objectifying, calling it out. Now, let me ask you a question, and if I if I don't phrase this right, help me with it. But can you can you give us examples of sexual exploitation that we may not even be aware of? Right. Well, one one issue, one example could just be the issue of sexual objectification itself, which is the act of treating a person as a mere instrument or commodity for sexual pleasure. That's something that Cosmopolitan magazine does. Um, and research actually shows that when you objectify a person, um, whether in images or or video, you're actually viewing them as less of a person and as less deserving of moral treatment. So someone might look at Cosmo and say, oh, well, these kind of images are everywhere where they don't make a difference, they actually do make a difference on our culture because when you're viewing someone as less of a person and less deserving of moral treatment, especially women, then that's going to spill over into how some people treat them. Now, on your on your list of projects, um, you have uh, Dirty Dozen List, Action Center, Defend Justice, Prosecute Illegal Pornography, Safe Schools, Safe Libraries, Stop Online Sex Trafficking. Uh, don't you don't you run smack dab into the middle of the First Amendment on a lot of your battles? Um, it, interestingly, not too tough, uh, not too much. Uh, specifically on the pornography issue, which you mentioned, uh, we it, something that a lot of people don't realize is that under the Supreme Court um, and according to federal law, it's actually illegal to commercially distribute hardcore, obscene pornography is the legal term through hotels, motels, retail stores, uh, and even via the Internet. But that's just a law that hasn't been enforced for a long time. So that's something that the Department of Justice certainly could enforce. But even beyond, you know, what laws are enforced or not, we think it's important to educate about, for example, the public health harms of pornography. It certainly has an impact neurologically um, on relationships and on rates of sexual violence as well. Um, if people are interested in that, they can learn about that at endsexualexploitation.org slash public health. Okay, now you have one one uh, one uh, item on your projects list, and it really is fascinating: combating sexploitation in video games. Video, mm -hmm. you know, we talk a lot about violence, but sexploitation in video games. Yeah, unfortunately, one of the main websites that we take issue with here would be Steam, which some of your viewers may or may not be familiar with. Steam is basically the Walmart of the online PC gaming world. Uh, it's filled with a lot of games. Uh, it has about 35 million users, regular million users who are minors, so children. And it's unfortunately hosting several games that are extremely sexually explicit and degrading, including one called House Party, where the entire premise of the game is to enter into a house and to coerce women into having sex with you, to get them drunk in order to have them get them to have sex with you, and to deceive them in order to do this as well. So we we do we are concerned about this because video games certainly have a training aspect, and we hope that Steam will remove the House Party game and uh, and will take better better care to ensure that its minor users aren't exposed to that content. All right, last question. Can you tell people how they get in touch with your organization? 
Absolutely. You can find us online at endsexualexploitation.org. There's a lot of great ways to take action. You know, people feel powerless a lot of the times after over these mega corporations, but we have easy actions for people to take, to email CEOs, to tweet at companies, and it makes a difference. That's how we got Walmart to remove Cosmo. And Haley Halverson, thank you so much for joining us. Have a, have a good evening. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.